0: Welcome to the Televerse, Streaming in Place, Avatar, The
1: Last Airbender. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week 13 and we are talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender, season 1, sorry, book 1, Water, uh, episodes 15, Bateau of The Water Tribe, and 16, The Deserter. And uh, I'm so excited because we get to talk about whether we have Cald-ish, Caldwells, and called its Um, So let's start with that. So
0: how are we feeling about our predictions, Allison? Uh, I don't really remember what predictions I made, but I know they didn't get to the North Pole. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I said more animals, and obviously we got more animals. And you said Um, the dessert
1: is going to be from the fire uh, army. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's a called it. Um and then the and then they obviously met up with someone from the Water Tribe, but they didn't get to the North Pole. But also, yeah. the words Water Tribe were in the title, so I don't think that I comes. don't think that, I don't think that's anything. I don't um, even think that's a call dish.
1: No. Uh. So so, what did you think of Bato of the Water Tribe?
0: Oh, I liked this one. I mean, it's I feel like we're getting a lot of um recognizable story tropes for sort of um young, coming-of-age, in-troubled-time stories. Uh, but it's doing them really well. Like, I I, I, enjo- I always like whenever a story about a young protagonist who's obviously our hero allows that hero to be a piece of shit sometimes. Um, let me rephrase that so there's not a swear word in it. Allows them to be a uh, garbage heap sometimes. Um, And that is definitely Aang here, right? That is... It's not a cool thing that he does. And I appreciate that they let... Saka and Katara be angry in the way that anyone would be in this situation um, while still finding a way to exercise some empathy and move forward and all of that. Um, so yeah, I think it was really great. I uh, appreciate that part of the storyline, but it was also nice getting to connect Saka and Katara a little bit to their lives and to see them actually look like children like Aang always looks like a child right and they certainly do too but this made it very clear that these are two people who had to grow up very fast and when put in a situation where they get to be just a little bit less grown up they seem to relish it and I really really appreciated that.
1: Yeah definitely well and having especially because you know it's you know it has to be Part uh, paired with the choice to not go see their father, a very mature and responsible choice that they make. Um, and so, you know, by the end of the episode, they have to be at a place of understanding and maturity, so it lets them be somewhere else for a part of the episode, which is really nice. And oh god, flashback, Sokka, just just the heart.
0: Oh, oh man, he's so tiny. Yeah, Caldwell mom update. Not Caldwell, sorry, Calzig like mom update on Sokka.
1: Oh yeah, no, we were all on Team Saka. <laughs> With 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 this episode especially. We're we're like, Aang sucker? Yeah, right now. So it just keeps <laughs> yeah. getting it gets passed around a little bit. Um so so yeah, there was um it was repetitive a bit for me, especially re watching. But I think that all the emotions really land. Um uh, we've got uh some uh, some comments here we should mention. Marcus says that Bato is really tall, uh, to which Noel says, as I
2: ask while you drink, Noel says, Bato's a tall snack, and he is. He's <laughs> fun. I like Bato a lot. Yeah. Um, he's arguably better than um, Katara and Saka's pa- father, who's also delightful, um, as we get a hint of in this episode, but we do eventually meet him, and he's. He, ha- he and his sons share the same sense of humor <laughs> as Bato notes, and yeah. it's amazing.
1: Yeah, that that was one of my favorite recent lines. Like, the, the, the delivery on yeah. you have your dad's sense of humor. That's, <laughs> you're just as funny <laughs> as you. Great.
2: Great. Just <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ginkim uh, says, oh man, Wee Saga with his face paint was extremely sad cute. Yeah, no, it was, it was yeah, it was very sad cute. Um, The uh, the pacing of the episode it decides how repetitive it is with with Aang. um the rest of the episode i really enjoyed the pacing i i liked the the uh i mean it also just shows their connectedness like Sokka being able to like strategize and use their bending abilities uh Katara and Aang's bending abilities to help like know- knowing how far he'd be able to navigate the ship which is that's the first time they've done that that speaks a lot to his his faith in them and also maybe his recklessness <laughs> and youth but also like you know he they they are very much a cohesive unit um even with some more shading here. And I think that is, uh, while it's very on the nose to be like, yeah, we should go see dad. We should totally, we'd love to see dad ang leaves, but we won't like it's yes. But despite that, I thought, I thought, um, the other beats really did land and I liked getting to linger just a little bit longer with them, um, uh, before we get to the North pole, before we get to, you know, whatever's going to come next, um, with them team building, I guess. <laughs> um, Noel, what did you think revisiting this episode?
2: Yeah, I agree. This is um, it is a little repetitive, and for me, this is one of the weaker episodes in the season. Even though it's still solid, it just feels a little like they came up with an idea, and then expansion on those ideas just never really kind of comes through for me in any way. Um, so, even though we get like we get a really clear indication that Sokka is a good leader, and even more so, is a good tactician. Um, is and is able to see kind of a wider picture which is something that's been a runner throughout the entire season so far of like practicality of food and money is helpful and then i understand everyone's abilities and then oh this giant wolf badger anteater thing sees with its nose let's just pour out a bunch of perfume um, to kind of, like, give us an edge a little bit. um, And all of that kind of stuff, I think, really kind of solidifies Sokka's role within the group. And so I think that's good, but it's also nothing we hadn't already seen before. Um, So, but he gets the validation from someone else, which I think is what's really important for Sokka's arc in this, um, such as it is. But the rest of it is, like, just... It just never really goes... Anywhere else because it feels like a really foregone conclusion that like Katara and Saka are going to go. So, as much as I do agree with Allison that it's really, really good that Aang is a kind of a jerk in this, but believably because he's 11, um, it's still go if there's a lack of tension in the episode that I that kind of weighs it down for me weirdly. I did like the fight scene a lot though. And the fight we- scene is.
1: Great. I think they're escalating those, these fight scenes very nicely uh, over the course of like the recent episodes, and we should talk briefly about the conversation that was had in the chat, uh, the text chat, a group chat, uh, which was just focused on one very important issue, Allison,
0: whether or not June looks like she's from Hot Topic. <laughs> the no. other part of it too, <laughs> yeah.
1: the uh, whether the 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 self care and
0: yeah. oh. Hero angry boy and
2: lazy uncle yeah
0: angry boy and uncle lazy as they're called and no i that's that's not fair angry boy yes uncle lazy no not at all unfair (laughs) uncle i take care of myself i prioritize my own needs i take time to breathe nuns yeah (laughs) very important very important um yeah, it's a, a good a good Uncle Iroh episode. I want to know, how should I be feeling about June?
2: What do you mean?
0: I don't know. I just, it feels like sometimes a new character arrives and you're like, ooh, this is a significant character. And other times you're like, oh, this is an interesting character I'll probably never see again. And this felt like, welcome, a new character to the scene. Is that accurate? Are you both sipping water right now?
2: No, neither of us are sipping water right now. Okay. Um, do you want an answer or not? Uh maybe I want to tease. So the abil- the super smell is important, if I remember correctly. Um it becomes a thing. Um but you're gonna wait a long time for it okay. to become a okay. thing. Okay,
0: that's cool. Yeah. It <laughs> felt like um me Zuko's love interest is what Mm -hmm. it felt like
1: yeah yeah that was the conversation at the closet bunker was uh uh, oh of course this is the this is the love interest this is uh Zuko's new girlfriend and
2: um and obviously for me no because she's way too goth and he's way too emo and while there is some overlap there (laughs) there's not enough overlap (laughs) (laughs) Mm. oh there's overlap
0: there is, but there, in especially this instance, when you're like fifteen, there's loads of overlap,
2: <laughs> yeah, but she's much older, <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> i mean she's she's still got that skull top knot thing <laughs> <laughs> Just,
1: where is that from? Do we have any other thoughts on this one, or shall we move on to the deserter?
0: um, do we have anything else to, to,
1: to, to... oh that port, Abby, that's what I was gonna say, then or the the yeah convent. That...
2: <laughs> They're yeah, screwed. I feel little really bad for those nuns. They just put up that new door. Yes. <laughs> um, I did I did like we didn't like the fight is really good, but it also gives us like a lot of Appa fight stuff, which we yeah, haven't really gotten yeah. yet. And it's real good, I feel like. Um, because we haven't really seen like him fight like the um the Komodo rhinos, uh, which is what those are. They're like a hybrid of Komodo dragons and rhinoceroses, which is just a terrible combination. Um, and then, like, this is, like, a giant anteater, a wolf, and there's a third animal that I can't remember what they used for inspiration for that. But, like, getting to see, like, two giant animals kind of fight, but also just the whole, not not our precious boy! You leave Appa alone! Um, is really, really good as well. And I really got appreciated them, like, carving out some space for him being, like, a big physical beast, but also, like, kind of an airbending type of thing with his tail to a certain degree, which I really, really liked as well. Um, So just like lots of, like, as Kate says, really good escalations in this episode in terms of abilities, fight scene choreography, that whole thing on the well, I think is just really, really good. Mm -hmm. And focusing it on the feet so you get to see them dancing around is a really good thing.
1: Yeah. Marcus says this is the first uh, real Appa content where he wasn't just a taxi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I appreciated that the way so. I guess I hadn't really thought about Appa's capabilities as a fighter, mm-hmm. um, because he's so docile and he's so you know, like sleepy. I'm a cuddly bed,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, clean out the muck between my toes, mud and bugs. Um, but of course, it made perfect sense as soon as that happened. I was like, Oh no, you're terrifying! Great, cool, yeah. that's great. <laughs> the horse, yeah. Yeah, but what I liked was the way that they made him terrifying was very much like like an old sleepy loyal dog. Yeah. Sees that the kid is in danger and all of a sudden becomes a lethal predator. And you can see that, right? Like animal domesticated animals when a member of their pack is threatened can be scary. Um Because they want to defend. And that is great. And that it was so clearly that like Appa roused because of a very specific thing that's happening. Um, And then is suddenly formidable, I thought was really great. And obviously, we get a little bit more of that in the deserter. So...
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like, oh, you stung, you tried to sting me. Now I'm mad, yeah. <laughs> you know? right? which just feels absolutely accurate. Uh, Marcus, it makes sense when you know how dangerous bison are. And yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents don't live far from Fermi, me uh, and they have a buffalo pack there. Uh, I think it's buffalo, not bison. I don't remember. All I know is there's like, it's one of the largest, like, packs or whatever in the country um herds. or one herds thank you that makes more sense thank you um and so and like you know that 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 gif or that video that was going around of the reporter who sees them coming and just goes like no fuck this and it goes in his car and leaves you guys know what i'm talking about it was like yes the
2: i remember that from yeah. the before times
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so like but if my mom is biking over at fermi there are places she doesn't go because <laughs> you know bison
0: the single most unbelievable thing that's happened on tv this year in a sea of unbelievable things including cbs national haircut night um which i still can't believe is a thing. like this is this is a hell of a timeline um uh, is in an episode of Outlander when a character gets full-on beamed in the legs by a buffalo, flies up in the air, and then immediately gets off and brushes herself That's off. a thing! <laughs> it's like, nope! Nope! Not even a little! You are de- Your legs are definitely broken! I'm not sure, like, I get that you're young and resilient, but no, just fl- flies straight up into the air, like cartwheels through the air, and then it's like, whoop, I'm okay! It's like, nope, no you're not, no you're not.
1: That is funny. Oh, man, I haven't gotten there yet. But that will be funny when I do. Um, Let's go to the deserter. Because uh, this very much the the Bato of the Water Tribe, uh, as much as I did enjoy Bato, did very much feel like, okay, so here's our plus seven. So this is our we're getting started back up kind of episode. And then the deserters is, um, yeah, we're, we're headed towards the finale, guys. There's shit's going down, and and welcome to the lovely world of firebending. More on this when we get to book three, Fire. Uh But it's not messing around, and I I, I thought everything we got in this episode was super fun, and all the firebending
2: was terrific. Yeah, Allison, what did you think?
0: Um, this is another. I think this is part of why I had the reaction that I did. Um, sort of thematically to Bato of the Water Tribe is this is another classic here is your next stop on your passage to becoming a hero story and that you meet the mysterious master who refuses to train you. And then he tries to teach you control, but you're not interested in control. And then it puts you in danger or puts someone you love in danger and you learn a lesson, but it's too late and then they're at risk and all of that stuff. Very, very familiar. Uh, There's a really particularly good example in, um, uh, the King killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, there's a lengthy section where the, protagonist is basically going through let me teach you this dangerous thing child but first you have to learn restraint but i don't want to learn restraint i'm a scrappy child i'm really good at everything oh no right (laughs) so um uh you know i think it it does that really well and i think specifically there's something about the way in which he hurts Katara and the ramp up to that, where you just see it coming from so far away and it's not clear what exactly is going to happen, but they do such a good job of setting that up and escalating the tension that when it does finally happen, it feels like such a violation. Like it just is really, I don't know. It it like wounded me when I was watching it. And the beauty, I guess, of Katara Recovering from that moment by herself and learning she has this ability she didn't know about, I think is wonderful. And the joke at the end is such a delightful payoff. Like I just mm-hmm. want to listen to Sokka list all of the injuries he's had over his whole life that she did not help him with forever. I wanna know every time Sokka banged his head on an igloo. I wanna know about the time that he was cutting, I don't know, ice turnips and sliced his finger. I wanna know about all of it. I want all of it. Um got hit in the head with a snowball and it knocked a tooth out. Like I all of it. Just give me all of it. Um I hope that the next episode picks up and Sokka is still listing ways that he's been injured because that would be really great. Um, If I get a called it on that I'm gonna die of happiness. Um, So point being it's a very recognizable story executed really really well with a couple of interesting unusual twists that I think are really effective and the fact that he's able to take the lesson and apply it in a way we don't expect in that he applies it to someone else. Like he sees the things he was being warned against in someone else and turns those things against him, I think is incredibly effective. And it was so satisfying watching that butthole (laughs) torch those boats. How fun. What a great sequence. I mentioned earlier, right? This
1: it's, it's Dagobah. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. So Marcus says, so is Jung Jung Yoda. I was like, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that, that seems about right. Uh, Keenan says, I was so excited for my girl, Katara, the healer. And yes, that's very sad. I also like this idea that, like, while obviously not saying it's good to hurt people, and then they find out that they can heal themselves. Obviously, that is not what I'm saying. But um, I like the no- notion that Katara is such a careful person and deliberate person, that she just doesn't get in physical danger. She makes sure that that doesn't happen, which is why she has not found out about this ability yet, because she hasn't needed it. And that's not because her, you know, like previously, obviously uh, her parents were watching out for her, but in recent years, her mom is dead and her dad is not there. So it's been down to her. It just speaks to, to her personality. And how she has approached things. And um, Marcus is only Sokka needed it. Yeah, and we, uh, <laughs> who needs him? Right? You know.
0: I just, um, <laughs> just think of the, all the things. He definitely licked a piece of metal at some point and got his tongue stuck to it. Like, I just, apparently this is going to be my first Avatar The Last Airbender fan fiction, is I'm just going to write a list <laughs> of all of the injuries that Katara didn't heal for Sokka in his many years of life.
1: It's very good um but yeah so i thought it was an interesting they used that as an opportunity not just to show her healing abilities but also it there's some backstory that you can infer from there that i that i appreciate um so jung Zhang, uh voiced by kyuna young uh who people will know as mr Wu from deadwood uh wish he was in more things because he's great people cast him in your stuff uh i really enjoyed him here i was like who is that and i looked at the imb i was like yes he's awesome <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he is Um, I like this I mean, I like this episode for a number of reasons Allison enumerated a lot of them I think it does the whole reluctant mentor over your student thing really, really well and then the conf- the conflict with Zhao and how that inverts the lesson is really, really great um, but for me, one of the big reasons I really like this episode is that A, we get to see some like actual like master-level firebending sort of deals um, and a philosophy of firebending to a certain degree as well, um, which is really cool because we haven't really seen that yet. Like, for the most part, everyone's just like boom, 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 and basically, like, shoots fire at people, but that's sort of the extent of what they do for the most part. It's basically like a wizard in D&D just going, always cast fireball, and that's all <laughs> that they do. Um, whereas... Zhang Zhang is like I can make a wall of fire And I'm going to do that And it's just like Oh, right That is kind of scary And so all of that Building on his whole Philosophy of how fire works In relation to the other elements um, I think is also really kind of important When we think about How the firebenders get presented to us This is a different perspective on that um on top of which when they go to this town which is a colony town not like an actual fire nation town because it's real subtle but if you look at the architecture in the town it's actually earth kingdom like roofing that they they then have built fire nation architecture around Um, so it's really subtle that it's a colony town, but it's a colony town and we get all of the sense of fire nation culture with like the masks, which are delightful. That whole joke about swapping Sokka and Aang's mask just kills me every time because it's really funny. Um, but then like the whole performance with the fire bending and the dragon, I think is really good. But then they just swoop in with that little bit of the puppet show propaganda, um, to drive home Ozai and the Earth Kingdom and all that stuff. So I think that there's a lot of really good small bits of world building happening in this episode that doesn't complicate the Fire Nation, but at the very least starts to provide some stuff around it that isn't just militarization, which is basically what we've gotten. Um, so I really, really appreciate it for those reasons. Yeah. Um, and I also just like the heart of darkness of it all, of like semi-jungle type of thing that we get with finding this deserter. Um, it's really, really good. I really like this episode. Um, yeah, it's just... And Xiao's just so good in this episode. And then he's just like, I didn't lose. And it's just like, buddy, you just blew up all of your ships. You lost.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to second Nolan the beauty of that switching the masks gag. It's so pure. It's just like... <laughs> It's just perfect. It's such a perfect little character moment and such yeah. a such a good joke. And the Yeah. It's just and the specifically the way that Sokka's reaction is animated it's just like perfectly timed.
2: Mm-hmm. Could
0: not be better timed. So good.
2: Right. And you think honestly, like in an episode like this, you you worry that, like, the only joke you're going to get is Appa crouching behind that very tiny bush when there's a much bigger bush right there. <laughs> um, because that's a very good joke as well. But then you get the mask joke on top of it and it's just like, thank you, show. Thank you. Here, hear.
1: hear. Uh, I like the, was it uh, fiery fire flakes or whatever? <laughs> yes. Spicy <Yep>. fire flakes.
0: <laughs> Oh, I've yeah. done that. I have done that. I've done that. Ooh, this looks delicious. I'm just going to shove it in my mouth enthusiastically without contemplating the fact that it might be extremely hot. <laughs> oh that's what you go to your first like real thai restaurant yes and they ask you how spicy you want it and you're like three no you want one you want one you always want one until you can figure out whether or not you can even handle two yeah always you gotta bit. you gotta test your limits
2: Oh, we should get thai food for takeout this week the thai place (laughs) on
1: campus for a u of i or not on campus but close to campus we would go to a U of I, um, they would ask spicy one to four, right? And I would always be like...
2: Zero? Is there a no, negative one? <laughs> no,
1: I wouldn't. I'd be like, here's what I'm going to need. I'm going <laughs> to want three, but I'm going to need lots of water and I'm going to need lots of extra rice and I'm going to be crying, but it's it's because I'm a wuss. <laughs> I was be like, two is not flavorful enough and three will destroy me. So I was like... Okay, so three, but he f- brings some extra ice, and this you have stuff I would just my face would be all right. I have like little tears to be like, "It's delicious! It's delicious!" That's why you
2: get a Thai iced tea. There's milk in that, and it's delicious. <laughs> it is
0: delicious. I feel like. Oh we're going to need a second podcast where we just talk about Thai food strategies. Cause I'm a firm <laughs> proponent of like start at the bottom. You build a relationship with a Thai restaurant where yes. you figure out what, because it's all subjective. Like what does, yes. what does their yeah. two mean? And then you just kind of, and then it varies dish to dish. And yes. I'm fascinated by the way that people perceive heat in general. It just like some kinds of spicy are too much for me and others. It's like popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just very interesting anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Point being, Sokka, rookie mistake. You gotta work up to things.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, like, the one culinary dish we've gotten from the Water Tribe has been stewed sea prunes, so I'm just saying, I don't think spice is a thing. <laughs> oh, poor
0: Ang, he did not like. No. Yeah. No.
1: Uh, that scene was pretty funny. Uh, it's like, oh, it's delicious! Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, so, the... The last thing I want to talk about in this episode, I mean, you guys have already mentioned it a bit, but it, this is a really good tease for where we are theoretically headed because this is our first time spent with a master who is not also the avatar
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like the, the bit of theory we get around bending is really well written and performed. And it's, it's very, it's like just, it it opens a new door. That, and to this point, you don't know that the show is interested in or is going to explore. And the whole other, like, wing of the house that is over there is fascinating. So, um, we're gonna get more with that. But I thought that this was just a really good way to wet the palette. Like, (laughs) two, with four episodes ago in the, uh, in the, in the season. Um... Marcus says, I was trying to remember the exact stances the firebenders used before this. And yeah, it does match. But yeah, so it makes you really like the, that kind of language around it makes you, and the specificity of the animation style um, and the like what they're showing them work on really uh, does draw your attention to it. So then you think back on the different fights we've seen. And then my last thought was going to be that I like. The, again, the placing of these two episodes, it's really you know, it's benefiting us to to do these two back to back because we get to see Ang fight uh, fight Zuko, and then we get to see Ang fight Zhao. And so Aang's like, "Oh, I thought you would be better than Zuko because he's <laughs> sixteen and you're an admiral, <laughs> but he's really not." And that tells us so much about. I mean, I think it's it's fun and it's a great. It's a nice aside that works very well for what Aang is also trying to do, goading him on. But um, it also just, I think it's like, yeah, well, you know, who's training him? Uncle Uncle Iro, right? You know, and so, like, look, imagine, you know, if this is where Zhao is, imagine uh, Zuko if he had not, if he didn't have Uncle Iroh as his teacher. And it just, like, the the, the whole approach that we get here about what firebending needs um, matches up really well with what we've seen so far to the point where uh, I shouldn't say that I, it caused me to reflect on something. We will find out later and be like, <laughs> Oh, that's that season one. No, it's not. It's probably season three. Um, but cause season three is a fire season. Um, but, and just be like, is this can't be. And then it wasn't cause I forgot about this firebender, this master. I forgot that he was like a thing until i got to that point of the episode. And I was like, Yes, um, but it it really shows just par- a big part of why Zuko is the way he is and is so form- formidable is because he's got
0: the right teacher. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. He says, I
1: was already impressed with 16-year-old Zuko's skills after Blue Spirit. Like, that kid is better at stuff than most of the adults around him, no matter their rank. And absolutely. Um, And Marcus says, I was was thinking it was kind of like the Force as well in that some are just naturally better than others at it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's the case for, like, any talent. Like... As someone who teaches violin to people of all sorts of ages, some people pick up a violin, they've never played it before, and they just do the right thing. And then some people work really hard, and after busting their ass, they eventually get their hand to stop doing the wrong thing. And you can be incredibly talented and incredibly naturally gifted with something, and if you don't study, you won't do anything with it. But if you already are talented at something, if you have an affinity for it, and you get the right teacher, and you get you have the right support. There's a huge world of difference between what certain people are capable of.
0: So they've definitely shown that. Can we briefly talk about um, <laughs> Aang's pitch uh, for why he should be tutored, and <laughs> the thing that happens in the middle of it? Right. Because that yeah, no, was that's a good point. A yeah. moment.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um no what did you think about it then since you brought it up because i think it's like just so good oh it's so cool
0: and very jarring
2: roku's such a such a bitch in it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he is just very intimidating yeah um what i want to know is and i'm curious and if this is more detailed detail to come just tell me um but i'm curious about what ang's relationship to that moment is because he does not seem to be aware that it happened so like what does that look like like how does that is was it is it was it all mental like what is that moment in ang's reality i guess
2: so It's, I don't, to the best of my recollection, and Kate, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's nothing that gets necessarily addressed Mm -hmm. um, by the show. Um, For me, I read it very much as Zhang Zhang, as a master, is in touch with firebending on a very different level from basically everyone else we've seen, with the glaring exception of Iroh, who. And I'll tr- connect this thread to kind of explain things of Zhang Zhang is aware of the spiritual realm, basically, because he's able, Roku is able to talk to him. And that's sort of what that tree in the back kind of is supposed to convey to us okay. And that one candle. Think back to the fact that during the um, the Spirit World episode, um, Iroh sees Aang on Roku's dragon's back as it's soaring through the sky and no one else is. So there's a no one else does. Um, so there's a degree of because of where these both of these men are within their respective philosophies about bending. We can say that they have a better, keener understanding of how the spiritual world works, which is potentially why Roku's able to reach out to Zhang Zhang the way that he does. Um, as for what this looks like for Aang, I just have to imagine that he just sees Zhang Zhang sitting there with his eyes closed. <laughs> his head bowed, or it happens in that moment where he causes all the fire from the candles to shoot up, and it's like an instantaneous sort of thing in terms of like, for Aang, it's instantaneous. For Zhang Zhang, it was literally that like thirty seconds. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always read it. Hmm, Kate, okay. did you? Yeah,
1: yeah, I would. yeah similar to kind of like it's like an out of time
0: moment kind of cool. thing.
2: Yeah. Psychic connections are a free action. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That helps. Uh, Um, It was extremely cool. Yeah. yeah, Like jarring in the best way. I was like, Oh God, I feel like we're getting more and more information about what a level of badass Ang is like Mm -hmm. just every episode. There's a little bit more, even as he, as a person continues to act more and more like a kid and like a kid who understandably has some stuff he needs to deal with. Um, ang as the avatar is becoming clearer and that is very cool mm-hmm.
1: marcus says i thought roku was was going through ang like speaking yeah. through ang and yeah that could be but for me ang doesn't know about it <laughs> um so yeah like using ang as like a conduit sort of thing um yeah it was very um i went to two <clears throat> It was very I went to two different Lord of the Rings places with it. I went to the boo boo bag like thing and um and then also the Galadriel moment that we get uh in, in that um with the with the ring. So where it's just like, oh no, no, no. You are just seeing a tiny little piece of the power that is manifested in Aang currently. There is so much more. He just can't tap into it yet, or is you know, um, It is, it is going to be, uh, like there, there's a whole other side of this. Just the cuddly 12 year old you're seeing is a, a lovely, adorable, uh, very cute face for it, um. And it's much, much bigger. And they've captured that scale and scope really well, like you were saying, Allison. Uh, Marcus says uh, Aang would necessarily be aware, but like he was aware of what Roku did through him at the Fire Temple. Yeah, I think he was. Yes, because Roku
2: needed, like, told him what was going to happen. And kind of, like, didn't yeah. need permission, but told him that he was basically going to channel himself to through Aang.
1: Yeah, to, it was that, like, yeah. the consent part of that was really big to me, actually, yeah. in that previous episode. And so, like, I, I really appreciated that they underscored the consensual part of it. I'm just going to take over your body, right? Um, and so, so this, to me, felt a little different. But I can see, absolutely can see that interpretation of it. Marcus and they are very vague, so I think it's completely yeah. valid.
2: Yeah. yeah, for me, the reason why I felt like it was... Roku reaching out to Zhang Zhang is that there's no indication of like the avatar state in that scene, mm-hmm. which differs for me from like how Roku behave, how Aang is behaving when he taps into, or when one of his past selves taps into him. Basically.
0: Well, and that was sort of what I think maybe that is what I imagined was happening was that what sure. we're seeing is what Zhang Zhang is seeing if we were not seeing through his eyes, we would see Aang in the Avatar state was, I yeah. think maybe how I was imagining it. Yeah. Um, and
2: I think that the other thing for me is that Roku's not in that blue illumination when he shows up. Mm. Um he's in a much like he's just in like a standard like lighting that matches what Zhang Zhang's in uh during that scene as well, if I'm remembering correctly. I so. believe it's called
1: bluey-eyed mode. Yeah, bluey eyed blue-eye mode, right. eye
2: <laughs> mode. Sorry, I, I use the incorrect nomenclature. I apologize. <laughs> <That's> okay, <something laughs> I forgot. <Thank> <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Well, do we have any final thoughts from either uh Keenan Marcus or anybody else about this uh, about this episode? Deserter? And if not, what are we anticipating for our next episodes? Our, our last two episodes before the finale, because um, mm-hmm. the finale is going to be on, on Wednesday, uh, are the Northern air temple and the Waterbending master. No,
2: well, <laughs> no prizes for guessing what number 18, uh, about what the Waterbending master is about.
0: <laughs> clearly he meets back up with Zhang Zhang and learns more about firebending. That's clearly <laughs> what it's about. Um, I feel like I need to make more outlandish guesses than the things that are very obviously being told to me by a title. This game isn't quite as fun as it is with Lucifer point Lucifer one after the last airbender 27. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not nice. I love you Lucifer. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not that sorry.
2: Speaking of which they announced uh, season five's premiere date. Yeah. For August 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 21st.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's on the horizon. Um, Although, how many episodes are there in season five of Lucifer? Is it the standard Netflix thirteen?
2: No, ten.
1: It's ten and ten, right? Or eight and eight?
2: It's eight and eight, or because it's half. half. They're splitting
1: this season five in half.
2: Oh, okay, cool.
0: Um, All right, so uh, I'm going to say they are not warmly received at the Northern Air Temple because it's. They're going to bring trouble upon them and they're just trying to survive. That's my one guess. And then for the water master, um, uh, he is what would be another good hero journey stub. He seems really welcoming and inviting and then ends up being a coward and betrays them somehow. Okay, there we go. Those are my outlandish predictions. Uh, Marcus says
1: it's about Opposite Adventures with Momo while the humans are doing other things. Oh, my God.
0: And- oh, please. Oh, my God. I want an up and Momo bottle episode. Saka can go with them, and he can just keep listing injuries the whole time. <laughs>
1: okay. Any uh, any other thoughts? I'm so excited to get to the finale, guys. I'm-
0: oh,
2: the finale's I'm so good.
0: I didn't so realize good. we were quite there yet. Yeah. I'm excited.
2: Yeah. yeah, the finale is yeah. really good. I'm very I'm excited. I'm on
0: disc three of book one. Yeah.
1: Okay, can I just take a moment and tell you guys that I bought the, the Blu-ray? Yeah. And then opened it
2: mm-hmm. and
1: realized that the Xbox 360 that we have doesn't Does play Does not Blu-rays? have a
2: Blu-ray player. Yeah. No.
1: So I'm sorry. I'm, I gave it to my sister for her birthday because she has a Blu-ray player. Hopefully. She isn't sure because she doesn't actually own any. But I was like, you better Cause this was like forty bucks, and also I already opened it, so I can't return it. And also, it's a really good show, <laughs> so maybe she'll. Cause she's been busy, she hasn't been able to watch it yet. Um, but I was so excited to be watching the prettier version of it, and then I was like, oh, I'm not gonna pay eighty bucks for a Blu-ray player.
0: Set up a like an alert somewhere and look for when one goes on sale. Yeah, maybe. Something. Something.
1: Anyways, that will wrap up our conversation for today. Thank you to keenan and Marcus for your for sharing your thoughts. It was super fun, as always. You guys are awesome. Um, and tomorrow we're gonna be back for our, our penultimate season. Well, anti-penultimate, because we're gonna have our like recap thing. But penultimate season one episode discussion. Uh thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye bye. bye.